Like twin sons on a womp rat's tail. Welcome back to the Tumbling Saber podcast, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, one and all. It's, uh, you know, we're back. We took a week off. It was sort of, it was not a planned week off, but uh, I, I, I was happy to take the break. I'm, I'm sure you guys were too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I called it, uh, you know, phase one, wave one of our summer, our summer break. Yeah. <laughs> of the undetermined number of phases and waves. We'll see how it plays out there. But man, it's, yeah, I, you know, some weeks you just gotta, you just gotta pull the plug. You, you can't force it. And, uh, you know, this isn't the Johnny Carson show. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just sit out if we need to. The show can go on sometimes. <laughs> you know, you get two people who go, hey, hey, man, where's the podcast? And you go, you know what? We're okay. That was, no. that was Kegel? Was that Kegel? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta love Kegs. And I do. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we got some catching up to do. We got, uh, you know, we got to catch up with one another, first of all. And we got to see what's up with the Bad Batch. We have two episodes to, to kick around. And um, in between that, we've got uh, some chat about Leslie Headland, who is um, making headlines uh, in some interviews that she's had. I'm not sure what is prompting the interviews. But uh, I'm ha- I'm happy to hear her speak because I, I like what I'm hearing, and uh, we got some Star Wars Visions stuff to talk about. Finally, that's sneaking up on us, and we'll talk about that coming up. But first, like I said, we got to catch up, Carlos. What's been going on the last couple weeks, man? Man, <laughs> uh, just uh, uh, craziness. I-, I can't really talk a lot about it, um, other than the, uh, the 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 album stuff that I had already. Uh, discussed uh but uh there's so much going on behind the scenes right now that like i i wish i could say something <laughs> but i can't um but it's taking up a lot of my time a lot of my headspace um i've been also like juggling emotionally uh the the euro cup and the stanley cup finals <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Oh man, when uh, my I, I cheer for Portugal, I'm I'm uh, half Portuguese and half Italian, but my my team is Portugal. And when they were out, I was like, okay, one less thing to worry about. Like I I think I could sleep a little bit better tonight, <laughs> not having to worry about who they're gonna play in the next game. And uh, same thing with the hockey. I was just um, when uh, the Canadians made the Stanley Cup final, I was like, oh man, I just want it to be over one way or the other as soon as possible. And I got my wish, just on the wrong side of the puck, I think. <laughs> Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> By the not, time this not, drops, yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to be hockey might, free. Yeah, it might be over by uh, by Monday night. So we'll see. Um, yeah, w- what's happening with that? And of course, um, uh, two weeks ago we had our uh, we have back to back kind of long weekends uh, in Quebec, at end of June, beginning of July, with uh, Saint Jean Baptiste Day and um, and then Canada Day or Confederations Day, whatever you want to call it. I just call it July uh, one. Yeah, July first, moving day for a lot of people. Um, and um, yeah, that first week, I I worked like fifty four hours. I worked six days, and then last week I only worked three days, and I kind of feel more tired after last week than the week before, <laughs> even though I had a couple of days off. Uh, so it's been uh, yeah, man, it's been crazy hectic. But you know what? Um, it's also super exciting and uh 
yeah, I just can't wait for things to start kicking off. And it's 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 going to start happening next weekend. And then two weeks after that, I'm going to be in the studio. So, man, yeah. It's, what a time uh, to be alive. Times. Yeah, yeah, fun it's, times. It's, you know, 20 years from now, when we talk to our kids about COVID time, when they, you know, they, they're going to have fuzzy memories of it. But it's going to be so weird to describe because it was awful, but also some, like, you're having these exciting developments. My life... You know, the first half, you know, 2020 was pretty much a bummer throughout, you know, this podcast notwithstanding was, you know, the, it was not a good year, you know, <laughs> but so far 2021 has been all up yet. It's happening in the middle of a pandemic and it being honest, the pandemic is indirectly responsible for the up. I would say, I mean, for me personally, I just... I ended 2020 probably in the best shape of my life. And then 2021 started and it got even better. So it's like, I don't know, man. I, you know, making lemonade. That's, that's uh, the way I, I look at my 2020, just making lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to look at it. You know, you got, it's a, it was a crappy situation, but some people, you know, myself for sure got fortunate and, you know, things, things are, things are going pretty well. Super busy, exhausted in a lot of a lot of cases, but yeah. uh, can't really complain too much. Uh, Corey, what's happening with you over there? You know, actually, still, still, somewhat battling that cold a bit. Still, the remnants of kicking around, man. It's it was a brutal one, man. Oh, the family too; they're all still coughing a little. Nothing crazy anymore, but oh, it was it was a bad one, man. I'm not I'm not joking. This is not fun. Like I don't wish that, this one on anyone. <laughs> really weird. Well, were you tested for COVID at all? Uh, my girlfriend was, and, and negative. Like, yeah, negative. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, but it's really, su- really surprising. Like, especially at the beginning, like I was telling my brother, like, this has got to be COVID. Like this, I'm like su- shocked that it's not. Like how badly we feel. Anyway, we we actually we got away last weekend. Went up north, way up north. This place called Laximal, beautiful, beautiful place. Anyway, that was really nice. Uh, although it pretty much poured. All weekend, <laughs> like I'm, I'm talking. We took audio of this stuff. We were on, uh, we were in this like not a yurt. It's kind of like a mixture of like it's a canvas tent on a platform. Inside, you got like floating wood floors. You know, it's not very big. Like you walk in, you got a few tables and then two beds, basically four beds, I guess, separated by a a small wall or curtain, and. I'm telling you, man, this thing is covered in this tarp, right? Like a green tarp over the canvas. And there was an absolute, like, I'm not talking rain. I'm saying deluge, okay? For like four hours straight. It, it was absolutely insane. And like, uh, yeah, we, we took audio of it. We called it, I called it rain on taut tarp. It was crazy. We could barely hear each other. Like, I, I loved it for sleeping personally. Like, it, it was just amazing white noise for me, but... My fellow campers, uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always sleep better with a bit of like that droning sound of a fan or uh, uh, like that rain. Yeah, uh, it, it was yeah. great, man. It was so relaxing to wake up on it the first morning on the Saturday. Bit of a bummer. We knew it was coming, but I mean, we've had this plan since Christmas. It was a gift to us from her mom, my, my girlfriend's mom. And uh, anyway, we had a great time anyway, man. Like I, I had an absolute blast, dude. Like we cooked and it, I, we all had fun. A bit stressful, I think, for my wife. <laughs> but uh, all in all, really good weekend. So that was fun to get away and 
I don't know. Other than that, man, just uh, tending to the garden, keeping keeping well around here. The garden's doing really well. I'm sure you're 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 pretty happy about that, right, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> Thrilled. <laughs> Thrilled. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. That's pretty much it, man. Collecting wise. I mean, haven't really had a chance to get out. I'm I'm starting to really it. I'm itching at getting to my comic book shop, man, because. Yeah, there's a few comics I've been reading, and I'm like, oh, like I gotta get to the next issue, man. And I'm like dying to read them, like uh, the last Ronin. I'm like, oh, oh, you're gonna be, oh, so this good. this this will make you sad, but that issue no. four is delayed. Oh, okay, okay. So well, take your time. Does make it. <laughs> there you go. What a series, though. Oh, yeah, I, I was. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting till I have all. All is it four or five? Four, I believe. Anyway, I'm, I'm waiting till I have them all in hand before I get into it because nothing <laughs> drives me nuts more than an extended delay between issues where you just forget well, I, and you got to go back and read it again. I guess I was a bit of a, an ass to assume, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I figured I had these comics for so long. I haven't been to my local comic book shop in so long and I had issue one and two. I'm like, oh, three and four must be out for sure. Like, I didn't even check, but again, I'm like loving this this series. So, I like yeah. to shop at the comic book shop. <laughs> I like to stop at the comic book shop. <laughs> uh, what else? That's for I Jeff. Found, <laughs> I found Batman Beyond in the Wild, the uh, McFarlane line. Oh, that was nice. pretty sweet. Canceled my Amazon order just in case. So that was pretty, pretty nice. It was the only one on the shelf, so I snagged that right away. And then uh, I was looking out for you and I, Kyle, but uh, couldn't make it happen. I was going gunning for that uh, issue 28 of Ghost Rider. The Midnight Suns there? Nope, not right. No, nope, no idea. Anyhow, I'm not. I'm not much of a Ghost Rider guy. Is there something significant about this issue? Well, supposedly they're gonna make a movie. It's like a team up of like Morbius and like uh, Blade and Ghost Rider. Is this like an, an old comic? Yeah, it's it's relatively. I don't know what year it's from. I think it's like early '90s. From hmm. that Ghost Rider run in the '90s, uh, early '90s, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, there, there was two of them on eBay. Like there was, a, it was a dual package, and someone scooped me at like the last, the eleventh hour. You know, ah, you got sniped. I got sniped. Yeah, uh, I was really stoked too because it was like, such a good price for two of them. Like they were still in the poly bag. So anyway, anyway, I ended up getting one for me after. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I appreciate the thought. We were close, Kyle. We almost, did, we almost did it. <laughs> Would have been a nice thing. You'd be like, "What's this?" I'd be like, "This is the Midnight Suns, Kyle." It's on. My, I actually, I'm actually paying this week. I actually, not really. Well, it's called Key Collectible Comics, I believe. The app. Yeah. Yeah. Key collect. Uh, key collect. I I don't know. Jerry had told me about it. Our our comic book guy. One of one of our comic book key guys. Key collector. Anyway, it's it's basically two bucks a month. And it's I don't know. It's got like what's trending, like what's what to look for, maybe like. You know what's what's gonna be cool? Like what's what are the rumors, stuff like that. So, kind of neat. That's cool. Um, yeah, my end is it's you know like I said before, I'm super busy, like out of my mind busy, and haven't had much time to do any nerding stuff. But we did. My wife and I did take in like the entire first season of Sweet Tooth, which was just wonderful. Such a really, good show. Eh? Oh man, so good. Um, what else did we watch? Oh, we watched uh, this week, and we finally got around because we, we've scraped the bottom of the barrel 
for stand-up specials on, on <laughs> Amazon, Netflix, uh, Crave. Like, we have just run it dry. And you know, I, I think these these streamers are feeling it because they've gone and, like, bought a bunch of, like, no-name comedians. <laughs> and not, yeah. not, not knocking them, but they needed to keep, you know, comedy content into the, into the service. And they must have bought a bunch of aging low-end type of specials and so like our, our and, you know if it's a tom segura uh ali wong or you know somebody that we know is going to make us laugh fine you're we're gonna watch but some of these other unknowns you get like 10 minutes we'll give you 10 minutes of our time and if we can't if you can't make us laugh we're gonna move on because there's, there's other things to watch anyway so yeah we we, we scraped that barrel pretty dry so we turned we turned back to movies. We watched uh, what did we watch? Um, Battle Angel. We watched, yeah we watched ba- ba- Alita Battle Angel, which was which was okay. It was, was kind of cool. That's uh, Robert Rodriguez, right? Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to see it. I wanted to see what he you know what he's been up to recently. And there's a couple of signature things in it that you're like, oh yeah, like yeah he would do something like that. Uh, and the other thing we watched was um, the Tomorrow War. With uh, with Chris Pratt, and that's not a pay to watch thing. No, it's that's yeah, that's free. That's available on on Amazon. And like, okay, let's you know whatever. Let's let's check this out. And we know that you know Pratt had been promoing it pretty hard on his social media, and we started watching. We're like, this kind of sucks. Like, why is he pumping this so hard? And I was like, well, he's. I guarantee this guy's he's executive producer on this, and that that's why. He's just pushing this super hard. So we check the credits. Sure enough, there he is. <laughs> he needs this thing to uh, to do well, and I, I think it is. I think it's trending pretty well on on uh, the streamings. But yeah, it was kind of a dud. Really? Okay. Between that and the uh, what was this one? The recent Zack Snyder film there, the zombie one. Oh, that was terrible. I would watch Tomorrow War again before <laughs> watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it wasn't all bad. There was some cool stuff to it, but I, th- you know, I think uh, you'll watch it and go, "Oh, I've seen this movie before." Well, I was kind of uh, speaking to that last night. We were thinking, "What are we going to watch?" And I kind of said, "Let's watch the Tomorrow War." You know, my 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 wife had fewer things lined up. You know, I I had went outside for a few minutes, and she decided on uh, the kitchen. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Isn't that John Favreau? No, it's no, uh, that was oh, that's, chef. Yeah, the chef. That was yeah. a good movie. Oh, it's with uh, what do you call it, Melissa McCarthy? Um, oh. what's her name? Uh, the one that's de- dating Common right now. She's a comedian. Sorry, man. Leaving you uh, hanging. Don't know. Anyhow, I I'm like, oh, okay, it looks kind of cool. It's kind of like a mafia kind of deal. But then at the beginning, it's like it flashes DC Vertigo. Oh, wait, so I Google it. it. Uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I've seen the trailer for that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Anyhow, I'm like, oh, that caught me, my interest peaked, you know? But wait. Like DC Vertigo. That that thing was, you know, it's got like, yeah, Tiffany Haddish. Um, uh, Don Bill Gleason's in it. Like it's, it's, it had a pretty comedic cast, but the trailer didn't strike me as comedy. No, it's not comedy. It's not a comedy. It's anyhow. I googled it just before we start. Like it's turned on, and it's got like a I don't know, like a twenty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof, 
And I'm like, eee. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it wasn't that great. Hmm. All right, well, that's that's a thumbs down from Corey. Yeah, it wasn't that great. But I was intrigued, though, because of the comic book thing. I had no idea. Well, there you go. Uh, I did manage to... Well, on the collecting front, bone dry for me as well. Nothing on, on figures. Made a run to my LCS last week. Picked up a bunch of stuff there. No need to go through it all, but uh, I did... Hey, I got a quick question about that, Kyle. Ooh, go ahead. How much? How many of those CGCs does he have hanging up now? As many as all, he always does. Really, eh? Because, I don't know, he just... It seems like, from what I see on Facebook, there's just so much stuff coming in. I saw that you sent him a message about that Star Wars... Uh, what was it, 42? Yeah. <laughs> I, I private messaged him. Like, I saw the post an hour in. I'm like, uh... Like, how much, Randy? I, I'll, I'll send you some money right now for that comic. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I don't know. He's like, I might let you know. He's like, I have a good chance I'm going to get it graded. It's in near mint condition. Yeah. I was like, God damn it. If he, yeah, of course. He's, he's going to, that's going to come back as like a, you know, $2,000 book. Yep. Oh, Corey, we can start a piggy, piggy bank fund for it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that comic, man. They, I was telling my, I was actually speaking to my, my girlfriend about that last night because I was telling her about that same thing, you know? And, uh, Christ, we could have bought that comic. You know, we started collecting comics again in what, 2012? Maybe not so seriously, but like we got back into the game, going, started going to cons. We could have went to a, go- a con on a Sunday when the sh- like when I was closing down and probably scored that book for like 25 bucks. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm sure, I, look, if you want that book in, in crappy condition, you can still get it for 25 bucks. Well, I've been looking on eBay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's basically a grail book now for Star Wars collectors. Good luck. I, I realize, you know, in my collection, you know, I, I, I'm on this like long-term quest to do the original Marvel run. I am bankrupt on the forties. I got nothing in the forties, which sucks. Cause those books are pricey now. It's yeah, all yeah, like, it's all Empire Strikes Back stuff, and that's yeah, that's uh, some high territory there. Even like Lando's first appearance in like issue forty three or something, easy two hundred dollars, which is funny. Funny to think about. Lando's first appearance in a comic is a is a big pricey book, but uh, yeah, such is life. Um, yeah, like I said, collecting is bone dry for me. But I did because it was a big week for Star Wars. We got uh, the Rising Storm that dropped, and you know I tried I tried to help the little guy. You know I, I take Rick's advice when you know when they sign off on their show. Don't always order off Amazon. They don't need our help. It's the little guys that need help. So I went to a couple of indie shops to get this book, and the first place I went, yeah, I didn't expect them to have it, and they didn't. So they, oh, all right, whatever. So I went to the next one, and I totally expected them to have it. So I walk in Friday after work. I'm like, "Hey, man, you got uh, you got you have a Rising Storm? Mm, let me check." And she goes and she checks the computer. She goes, "Nah, no, we don't have it." I go, oh, "I guess you sold out earlier in the week." Mm, no, we never had it. Oh, we can order it for you. How long will it take? About two to three weeks. Bye. <laughs> oh, it's over. It's over. So 
yeah, um, sorry, little guy didn't win. I, I you know, I, I tried. I really tried, but I had to go over to the Goliath in our community, over to Indigo, I guess the Canadian equivalent of a, of a Barnes & Noble, and I just had to buy the standard version there. That's it, that's all. Done. But the the the, the takeaway is I have the book, and I'm dying to read it because I, I, I can't remember a book that has been so enthusiastically met by fans. Like people are loving this book and and sort of the emotion emotions that it's pulling from people so i'm i'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into that um yeah all right we're caught up i got nothing else going on it's I baseball got, uh, softball uh, and that's it I, I was gonna say for for collecting for me this week i actually picked up the audiobook of, uh, the, there you go of uh, the rising storm is that that's that yeah the rising storm you, you also got the uh, light of the. Jedi I have all on the storm, Carlos. Yeah, I know. I have all three. I have I have uh, Charles Soule and uh, Claudia Gray's uh, Into the Dark. Into the Dark. Uh, so light of the Jedi, Into the Dark, and now this one. Uh, haven't uh, haven't started it yet, uh, because way too much stuff going on. But um, yeah, there's also some pre-orders happening uh, with Lego uh, right now. That I uh, I uh, put my uh, my order in for the Darth Vader meditation chamber, just cool. another one of these little vignette style sets. Uh, it's at a uh, hundred Canadian dollars, uh, which is pretty cool, man. With it comes with the um, that Veers and uh, and uh, Vader minifig, that cute little uh, little pod that he has the meditation chamber. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice. Uh, there was also um, a couple that aren't for pre-order yet, but uh, are going to be releasing on the 1st of August, that Mandalorian Starfighter with those awesome minifigs. Uh, and um, here's a little change. Boba Fett Starship. <laughs> I didn't know if it would come up, and it did. <laughs> it did, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to be the one to, uh, to crap on uh, Lego or Disney or Lucasfilm for the change in the set's name. Um, there was much ado about this. Uh, it's the Slave One. We call it the Slave One, man. Uh, there's a lot of that going around. Uh, and it's like, these are the same people who are upset that uh, like the town square takes down the Confederate statue in the middle of it. Like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It really you doesn't. Know, like, it's so stupid. I was like... Every, it, don't like <laughs> yeah, well, yeah i yeah. think i think the main thing here is that it's a lego toy you know what i mean like i if, i agree with they, you i agree with, with the you. vintage series they released one called the slave one yeah so i mean people need to what's sh- a grievous's starship called oh it's got such a cool name what is it's it this one it is. It's the soulless one. Okay, that was it. Was a test. I knew that because I saw it this week. Okay, uh, but I don't know if Legos ever made that ship and called it anything other than Grievous's starship. Yeah, same with the the Night Buzzard. It's the, the Night Buzzard. The Kyle, the, the Knights of Ren transport ship. Correct. Uh, and the, the latest version. The latest version of Luke Skywalker's X-wing fighter is called Luke Skywalker's X-wing fighter and not the T sixty five X-wing. Or Red Five, right? So the the 
the the only thing that really kept its name over the last I would say since the from the Disney era has been the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Uh and I'm I'm quite okay with that. I I don't see the 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 the, the whole hullabaloo. But all that being said, I I have the 20th anniversary slave one uh which is a gorgeous gorgeous ship. It was $160. Um, I, I, uh, was happy to pick it up. Um, it's a beautiful, other than the, the UCS, the ultimate collector series, uh, slave one, like that, that's the, probably the best one. Um, I made my own little stand for it. And I was like, you know what? When I heard that they were making this ship in line with the X-Wing and the TIE fighter, I was like, man, I'll pass. But then I look at it and I'm like, this is a well done ship. This model is really great, and it's for seventy Canadian dollars. And they actually built, as opposed to having the black display stand, they built a little. Um, I don't even know how they designed. I would say uh, a little ladder piece that could be like you know uh, assumed as uh, something to work on the ship, but it actually doubles as a stand. So. You don't even have to buy a stand for it or use your own pieces to build your own stand. It, it comes with it. And you get the Mando and Beskar armor and an updated Boba Fett uh, minifig with the green that doesn't match the helmet and the torso, but that's a different story. And uh, for $70, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is something that I might actually contemplate grabbing just because it's just so damn cool, man. And I don't care if it says Boba Fett, Boba Fett Starship on the box. That's really not something that that makes me, uh, you know, it it doesn't perturb me at all in any right, way whatsoever. It doesn't make it. It doesn't force you or anybody to call the ship anything other than what it's called. Exactly. You can still call it the Slave One if you want. Yeah. Or you can not call it that if you want. But how? how okay. Taking out Lego collectors, how many of the boxes end up in the recycling? Well, out of the hundreds and hundreds of, of, of Lego sets that I've owned or that I, yeah, that I've owned over the years, I would say probably three quarters of them have been recycled. And you're a collector. Like, yeah. there's a there's a payoff to hanging on to the box if you're a Lego collector for the regular kid who buys us a lego set that box is ripped apart before it gets home yeah so absolutely if 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 you you're somebody who got your knickers in a twist over this non-news like my mind is blown every single time that i think star wars fandom has hit a low it goes lower it finds something else to complain about and like when you say like yeah, but look at all these other ships that just get called, like, the Knights of Ren starship. The Bad Batch shuttle. Yeah. The, it's just what LEGO does. Like, save what, your outrage for something else. What's Moff Gideon's cruiser's name? Don't know. It, it has a name. Guaranteed it has a name. They but, giddy up and go. But it's called the Imperial Light Cruiser. That's what it's called. And it's actually, it's, it's, it's a beautiful looking ship. But it's at two hundred dollars, and it has like six minifigs, including Beskar Mando and Baby Yoda. You got the uh, Gina Carano minifig. You got Fennec Shand, 
you got a dark trooper and you got uh moff gideon like it's a great selection of minifigs and the but the set i find i don't know it's just not like i it, this was something i thought i would jump on and I'm, i i might pass on it uh just because i, I don't have the room for it's a big for, piece it's 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 that's yeah, 1300 pieces 1336 and i don't know but there's there's like a little compartment that actually shoots out tie fighters from the side <laughs> i like that, that. yeah it, it's it's like a pinball machine yeah kind of and the the way it opens like for that for the the bridge uh the bridge section is is kind of cool i just don't know how sturdy it is i saw some videos where people were oh no that was the bad bat shuttle that uh, the actual the fin actually popped right off there was something wrong with the design, I guess. But um, anyways, just that uh, there, there's there's there is some stuff uh, uh, happening with uh, Lego Star Wars for August first, and uh, I just uh, the only one that I uh, that I jumped on right now is that uh, Darth Vader meditation chamber. Considering I have the Darth Vader helmet and his castle and his Tie Fighters, uh, I'm uh, yeah pretty much a Darth Vader uh, droid and a uh, uh, Tie Fighter collector. Did you see the Imperial Armored Marauder? Remember from that episode with Bill Burr? That, uh, that, that, the tank. That, like the, the, the tank. Hmm. They call it an Armored Marauder. It's only Grief Karga and three uh, three Stormtroopers. They didn't call it Mayfeld's tank? <laughs> no, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a cute set, though. It's like 50 bucks. Uh, kind of looks like the uh, the Imperial... Uh, the Sorry, the Conveyx from the, the Solo uh, from the solo run. Yeah. Um, it's a decent price per piece, uh, at, with 478 pieces for 50 bucks. Uh, and that Grief Cargo minifigure is beautiful. Uh, but I'm out on the Mandalorian set, so it's, uh, I have that ATST Raider, and I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to keep it or move it's, it. It's, yeah, I might move sell it. it. Yeah. But it's still available. So, I mean, I'm just going to have to hold on to it until it goes retired. But a lot of people bought that thing just to try to cash in on the, uh, What's Gina Carano's name in the show? Uh, Caradoon. Caradoon, yeah, that Caradoon minifigure that people thought it would only be in one set, and now it's not. So ah. <laughs> I, I don't know. If the, I don't know if the the value of that set's gonna go up any higher. Um, the duel on Mandalore. Did you see that set? This yes, mall. Yeah, the oh, Ahsoka yeah. mall thing. Yeah, I put that up in yeah. the Facebook group a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that that, that looks pretty cool. Ah, Twenty five bucks, man. You're getting two awesome minifigs. Yeah, that's that's something that. Uh, some people would should maybe contemplate getting, especially if you have young kids. Yeah, it's That's, funny. Uh, like when, when you put Ahsoka in a set, I'm I've, I'm thinking about it. I didn't buy. She was in the uh, the AAT. Yeah, I didn't get that one either. Yeah, it just it wasn't the right vehicle for me. Right characters, but a little too chubby. Yeah, couldn't do it. Couldn't do yeah. it. Anyways, so that that sits uh, for uh, where where the collecting is right now. But uh, still pretty cool, man. We might be we might be getting a a. A uh, UCS, well, we're supposed to get the UCS uh, Republic gunship and a UCS AT-AT at 800 bucks or 900 Canadian. Oh, man. Yeah, monster. But we're also supposed to be getting a Jar Jar Binks Brickheads. <laughs> and if that's true, it's supposed to be the uh, Brickheads number 150. And if that's true, I'm going to have to get that. Like, I, I'll I'll probably get two just to... Keep one in the box sealed. And, That's kind of uh, yeah. cool. That's going to be adorable. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Jar Jar needs a little bit more love. Yep. 
Yeah, I got lots of time. How do you, how do you, how do you guys kids feel about him? They love him. Yeah, my son too, man. They, mine definitely don't hate him. They, they I don't know if they, they could take him or leave him, but there's no hate there. Like it's as opposed to like what I went through for 15 years, probably. I, I told my daughter that people don't like Jar Jar. Like they, like a lot of people hate Jar Jar, and like she was heartbroken. She was just like, "Why? He's so nice." I'm like, "I know, but some people just don't like that kind of goofball in Star Wars." And she was just like, "Whatever." And I thought, the thing you know I don't kid? like about uh, uh, and it's the thing I don't like about most of Star Wars is the accents. It's the accents. The Nemoidian accent, I didn't like. Waddle's accent, I didn't like. It's very, like, prejudiced almost. Well, yeah, Lucas like, took a lot of heat for that. Yeah, and I, 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 from the beginning, I didn't like those things. I really, really didn't like those things. And then, even in Rogue One, the things I hate the most about those is the, the Mon Calamari just being like, we're receiving a message from Scarif. <laughs> like, it's just, what are you doing? It sounds so dumb. Anyways, those are the things about Star Wars that I don't like, and it's it's the, vo- the not necessarily there's the the voice portrayal and a lot of Lucas's stuff, but the accents that really bugs me. Like I prefer an alien language with subtitles. Yeah, that's that that is. I was just about to say, like petition to get give us more alien subtitles, and uh, you know I it's I know for the, for the animated stuff it's more geared towards kids, so you're gonna say it. But sometimes, like they'll have these aliens speaking basic, when it's like, and it, the the voice is so like, ah, uh, like so normal. Yeah, like like what what do we talk about uh, with uh, with uh, what's her what's her name there? Uh, Curly mullet there, Amy Sedaris and uh... oh yeah, <laughs> Curly mullet. Uh... <laughs> It's like, yeah, okay, you're on Tatooine and you have your own shop, but like, why does it sound like you live in Prioria, Illinois? Like, there, it's just, it, it makes no sense to me. Well, and and Sid with her New York accent, her Bronx accent, yeah. is that Bronx? It could be Bostonian. Mm, yeah, no, it's not Bostonian. Definitely not. No, there's a there's a northeastern U.S. thing to it, but uh, I, that is a little bit. I, I can I can go with it because she she sells the she sells the accent. Like the character, kind of like compared to Dex, <laughs> Obi Wan. It's just dumb. <laughs> oh, buddy! Yeah, I love As Dex. Cloners. Yeah. I, I kind of like that kind of thing, you know. There's got to be some diversity there. No, but I don't mind the diversity. It's just the uh, and and Dex's voice isn't bad. Uh, his accent isn't bad per se. It's more the performance that I find extremely cheesy. Like I, I want to uh, like if if they're if aliens are going to speak basic, I want to see them like like struggle with it, not and not be like Yoda bad with the syntax, but butcher the language a little bit. See Yoda's accent, you can't say, "Oh, that's a New York accent." That's that that's that's Frank Oz being Frank Oz. That's inventing something out of the blue. So it, it's it's so nondescript. Uh, where his his speech pattern is super distinctive, the accent itself is nondescript, which is which is fine, which is great. It's something that even even uh, what's his name, um, the Wanawanga. What's his name? Fatso oh, there. Bib 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 Fortuna. Yeah. See, it, like his his voice is fine. 
it's it's I hate the character because the character is a douche, but like his his accent is fine. It's it's not it's not a big deal. I think it really it's got, distinct, like, but it doesn't seem forced. No, exactly, exactly. It's the forced thing that really bugs me, and and that's one of the things that the prequels really really muffed up. I would say. Like yeah, Nia Numb is another guy with a unique sounding. But that's fine, perfect. But it's not. It's non distinct. It's distinctive, but not like distinctive to him, as opposed to oh, that sounds like a Jamaican, or that sounds yeah, like yeah. Uh, Japanese, or that sounds like a, a, a you know a Hasidic Jew, or it's like it makes no like why why go that far? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Lucas took all kinds of flack for that. Yeah. Well, like look look at. And they did it in, in Rebels. They're doing it now in the Bad Batch too. That's true in the Clone Wars as well with the uh, what they called, the Thorians or whatever. The guys with like the you know the big eyes and the car- like long carved curved faces there. Yes, you know what yes, I mean? yes. Like they got the little speaker box next to their mouths on the side of them that's like translating something now. Mm-hmm. Yep. That I find a little more cool and believable. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. It's a little bit more Star Trek, but. Yeah, still, gr- still cool. I, I don't mind it so much. No, no it's, it's, yeah, I tend to agree. I Before tend- we jump into uh, like the visions and uh, Leslie Headland thing, did you guys watch the vehicle flyover thing on Disney Plus? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's still two little snippets, right? Millennium Falcon and the Imperial Star Destroyer. How beautiful was that shot like those shots They're are you talking about like inside the start like because i think there's two different ones now. There's, there's two one that... there's the millennium falcon and there's the uh i'm not talking about biomes i'm talking yeah, about yeah, specific, specifically about the ships okay yeah oh my god Pretty i cool. was like slack jawed watching that it's like oh my god it feels like i'm in there and it feels real yeah they, those are, yeah they're, they were really cool i think those were dropped what may 4th it was like a little treat for uh for may the force may the fourth be with you I guess I don't know. I, I saw a few things pop up, uh, but I only caught them on the weekend. Those two, and uh, I'm gonna jump into the biomes too. They're a little bit longer, uh, and uh, as I clearly stated before, time. But like, <laughs> uh, I, I will uh, end up uh, checking that out eventually. I was just blown away by the visual. Uh, the interiors of the Millennium Falcon and the Star Destroyer. Oh my God, it was out of this world. And and the reason why I brought that up is because I just brought up the Star Trek thing. And this kind of reminded me a little bit of STTNG, a little bit with the the shots from space approaching the ship, right? It looks so clean as opposed Mm -hmm. to like the, the dirty Star Wars 70s look. Uh, and I appreciated that. I I, uh, I think that there's a lot that uh, we can we can take from uh, from what Star Trek did, and uh, as opposed, you know, as far as the visuals go, uh, Star Wars has always been at the avant garde. But uh, this was a uh, this is like another notch. Yeah, this it was it was really cool. It's it was it's me- they're mesmerizing in a way. Like nothing, yeah, nothing's exactly. going on, but you it it gives you just enough time to sort of stop and look around like this is that's the closest thing you're gonna get like if you never make it to galaxy's edge yep this is probably the next best thing for you like no words uh just a bit of ambient sound uh like no music no nothing three minutes and four minutes respectively and you're just going on a walk through the hallways of those ships and it's it's fantastic if anybody hasn't seen those yet well man you uh, do yourself a favor and take that eight minutes 
just to watch those two little vignette thingies. And wow, really worth it. 100%. Cool. All right. Well, there is an extra long sort of preamble to the pod. I like it. Sorry. It was good. Cool. All right. Good. Good. You know, a lot of Star Wars in there. And that's what counts. That's what counts, everybody. Uh, actually, one last thing. There's a small little Star Wars thing buried in there. Uh, Bill Burr appearing on Conan this week. Yeah. Oh, that may have been the highlight of my week. Yeah, it was great. It was so funny. And <laughs> Matt Gorley at the beginning, like Conan, <laughs> Conan talking about, oh, that'd be like uh, that'd be like the Empire building a Death Star and then building another terrible one. <laughs> Gorley's like, that's what they did. <laughs> Conan's like, what? What do you mean? It's been so long since yeah. I've seen them. What are you talking about? He's like, well, they they blew one up and then the Empire built another and they blew that one up too. Well, it didn't have the same flaw in it, did it? Really, it was a worse flaw. <laughs> yeah, it was, they just left it wide open. <laughs> you could fly ships in there this time. And I'm oh, like, I'm God. just laughing at my ass off listening to this thing going, oh, God, this is so good. This is so good. He's one of us. Gorley could be here just geeking out on this stuff. Absolutely, and he was actually on Conan, one of I think it was Conan's last show or the the last couple of shows of his television show. I don't know if you saw that. So he did his podcast and the show. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's and, funny. Uh, oh man, it was great. I think it was like a twenty minute uh, interview for for his last show. The full clip is on YouTube. You can go check that out. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, man, he's he's my favorite, definitely. Ah, oh, Gorley's cool, man. All right, cool. Let's um, let's exit from here and go into a little talk about the acolyte and specifically its showrunner, mastermind Leslie Headland. She, like I said before, she's been getting some press lately. I'm not entirely sure why, uh, but uh, honestly, I'll take it because I I like what I'm hearing from her. I think she's going to be uh, a great addition to the Star Wars uh, creative family. And the stuff that I read, like it drove my interest in her show way way up uh there's there's two pieces that she was featured in and i'll put them both in the show notes because i really think people should read it um but yeah let's let's get into this so the the short again the short description of the show a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers like this is not new information but i just gotta reiterate how much i love that yeah me too oh just reading it again just it made my heart grow three times bigger man it was like that is, it's what a cool premise that is, especially knowing how it's going to hitch its wagon to uh, the High Republic a little bit, and and uh, the, on the other side, the prequels. I'm super stoked for this, uh, but the, the piece that the first piece I'm going to talk about is is the AV Club piece, where she talked about uh, almost like her her chops and her history as a Star Wars fan, and she, like she was talking about how she read the Zon trilogy. And, and you know, and how she was always sort of enthralled with Mc, Ralph McQuarrie's work. Again, like she's a long-time Star Wars fan. Yep. Like that was obvious. It, you know, it's not like one of these people who come along and yeah, I liked Star Wars growing up, but now I'm making it, so I better get into it more. Like you, it, it's very obvious that she's been a long-time fan. When you read, yeah, these like, pieces. like, well, something about the interview that really, like, the biggest thing that resonated with me overall was basically. The way she described her experience with Star Wars was so similar to my own. Like the way, you know, talking about the VHS and like the build up to uh, the, the, the re-release and stuff like that, you know. And it all culminating with uh, the release of the prequels. 
I mean, I was 18, you know, it seems like I, I, I didn't see how old she was. I, I think she said really she was 18. same age. Yeah. She's the same age. She was 18. I yep. think she said she was eight. I, th- I think one of the pieces mentioned that she was, she said she was 18 when, when Phantom Menace came out. So, I mean, right there, you know, it's like, I, I, I relate to her so much. And the fact that she just seems to get, like you said, so immersed and so uh, passionate about it. Like it really makes me stoked uh, that she's heading this project for the moment. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know she had this really uh, sober approach to putting together her writers' room, like pulling in people from all walks of life and fandom and out of fandom, and people with different experiences and 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 people who sacrilege, not even Star Wars fan, don't even know what it is really, and I you know, I love that she wanted those varied perspectives, and she wanted you know debates to emerge in the room and. and just get it all out. Have these different nuanced conversations about what they're doing. Yeah, she, yeah, she was saying somewhat that, that this is kind of like her Star Trekian approach to Star Wars and that, you know, like what would Jean-Luc Picard do? And, you know, having this diverse uh, ensemble of people, you know, discussing the problem at hand or whatever's at hand and coming up with a solution or coming up with a story in this matter. Yeah, it, it's, it's very unique. I don't, I don't know how much Star Wars does this, but she's pretty open about the process to this point, which I love because I feel like Star Wars is way too opaque when it comes to showing us how the, how the, how the sausage gets made. And I love this sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, you know, getting a peek inside the room like that and, and how it's filled with different kinds of people. Like one person who was like who watched Star Wars for the first time after getting the job to be as a, a part of her crew and not knowing that Luke and Leia were brother and sister. Like, how, who doesn't know that by this point, you know? Just by osmosis, just living in, in the world. Wouldn't you know? But this person didn't, and it was like, oh my god, what? <laughs> uh, anyway, the, another quote that, that got me really well. Uh, she said, when you watch his original trilogy, you can kind of pick out all the different references, all the different things that he pulled from. And then there's this great gestalt of of how everything comes together and is so much greater than just the reference, which is what kind of ended up happening in the 90s. I, I Like, she gets it. She totally gets it. And, you know, the OT, of course, we know is just this... And, well, the, all six Lucas movies are, are like this patchwork of Flash Gordon and WW2, World War II films and... Uh, Western movies and myths, and you can pick all those things out in single um, instances. Samurais. <laughs> yeah. So Japanese, of course, Japanese stuff that we'll, again, we'll talk about that later. Um, but, like, you, you can see them in, in instances in the film, in moments in the film, and you can be like, oh, well, George is ripping something off. But then, like, in, in its totality, just the sum of the parts is just this massive, amazing beast. And she sees that, and that's kind of how she's. I think you know that, that's sort of the lens that she's coming at this with, which is a relief to me. Her heart's in the right place, I think. <laughs> and then, and then, this this is always something that makes me laugh. Like sometimes she does sort of like dip her toe into the social media water sometimes, and and you know she she she's interested in what fandom thinks and and what fandom is talking about. And she's got people like shouting at her to not make Star Wars political. <laughs> you guys saw that quote? I love that part. Oh, and she's just like, uh, 
I kind of said the exact same thing a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, we've been saying it here forever. Yeah. It's like, it's just like, what a, what a weird statement to make. Like these movies have been political from the opening crawl. And these people are like oblivious to it. She knows how steeped in politics the movies are. And that's obviously going to find its way into her show. I think the criticism of the of the politics in Star Wars is like the boring aspect of it, like the negotiations, the trade route thing. Uh, but it's 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 really nearsighted to think that like that's the only the only politics in in the uh, in in the trilogies. Like it's it's completely all about it. Oh, completely and so much. So, I mean, it's. It, there's 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 it's not even hard to find lucas quotes about what you know the things about you know uh, the vietnam war and nixon yeah. and all that stuff that sort of drove his inspiration for the movie and some of the themes he put in and it's like did you miss these do you just not want to see them like that 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 person is the same person bitching about slave one. Oh yeah they, absolutely they just don't exactly. want to acknowledge they don't want to see the other lego boxes that call it you know grievous's starship they they're missing all the stuff that has already been laid down. They just want to hang on to the thing that makes them mad. Yeah. Well, and, and and a lot of the criticism is like, look what Disney's doing. Like, is it Disney? Is it Lego? Is it Lucasfilm? Is it like, why is it necessary? Like everything evil is Disney. And it's, it's, it's annoying, man. Well, because those, it's pe- those so same annoying. people in 2012 got mad that Disney bought Lucasfilm and, and they've been hanging on. No, to that they got cake mad that they they put everything in into Legends. That's what they got mad about. Well, that too, that too. That's what it's all about because it's the same people. It's the same people who don't want to say that there's politics in Star Wars. It's the same people who think that Darth B- Star Wars is all about Darth Bane and the rule of two. It's well, you know what you know what I really think it boils down to here. Sadly, with with her is. Like two things basically. Like I don't, like I don't think when people say that I think they don't want it to be a comment on modern day political. Oh no, the modern day political situation. That that, that's that's what people are saying. I think, and also sadly, I think it might have something to do with inclusivity, in that, you know, like including uh, uh, characters of. of like, like that are lesbians or or gay or or whatever you know what I mean, like letting these people or have the, have their time in the limelight. Like I think they're kind of saying that in a in a different way too. Like oh, like if you put them in, you're you're like bowing to Disney's like uh, uh, leftist Disney, agenda. Yeah, yeah, Disney's dude. These people don't know who's in charge of Disney. <laughs> the most conservative bunch of people that you would ever want to meet. It's crazy. It, it, these people are absolutely out of their minds. They. They, whatever, whatever. The same people who are striking the name Slave One from the box are trying to make you. Are they're trying to like what force feed like transgender people on you? Like it's like you're not making any sense. Like for them, it's like the catch-all is Disney's bad, no matter what they do. That's 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 the common thread through all the criticism. It doesn't matter what they do because it's not good. It's it's Disney doing it, so it can't be good. Yeah, and it's absolutely. it's 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 a little it's a little crappy. And 
um you know the, these people if if there's a female lead in in the show they're going to crap on the show and they're going to say it's not good because of x y and z but the real reason is because they don't want to cheer for a girl to be the hero and it's it's you know you know the same criticism of the the sequel trilogy it's 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 pathetic and it's sad and it's like let's just turn the page from these cucks <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, it, I think we could do a three-hour podcast making fun and, and, and ranting about these people. Maybe one day we will. But man, like it's just so frustrating because they're just—I call them per, the perpetually aggrieved. It's it's oh, every day they're mad about Star Wars, and it's like yeah. just leave, go, just go. And it's they're they're mad because for for forty years Star Wars was aimed squarely at them. And now it's not, and they're mad as hell about it. Well, they're mad because you know it's like life didn't turn out the way they wanted it to, <laughs> and it's 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 sad. But that's that's what it is. But that's in every walk of life. But yeah. I think I think that, it's also again like the, the fact that she's a lesbian. Like people for cutting me off, Corey, because I was going to say something. No, no, no. I was actually going to say something really bad. I'm happy you cut me off. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes I'll do that. Yeah, no, I'm. I don't know. I don't know how, if people care about that so much about her orientation, but they. they I do. I really I, like. I, come I on, no. The the people that are on the far right, not. I don't. I don't even want to make it like that, like the far right, but like. There's a certain amount of people that are very conservative to watch Star Wars, and again, like, if this like those kind of things introduce themselves into the show, I. I I guarantee you there will be some kind of flack or or backlash on that. Will, unfortunately, whatever it is, they get mad about it, and Lucasfilm just keeps plowing ahead, doing their thing. What you know, when the comment section is filled with a bunch of jerk offs yelling at Lucasfilm about stop politicizing, stop pandering, blah 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 blah, they just keep going. They don't care. Just let these people God. burn themselves out. It's gonna take a while, but they will. And the proof is in the pudding too. Like so far, so good. And th this show again, like her, like wh again, what you were saying before, Kyle, like her, her understanding of fandom, her keen understanding of that will help her make this show as well, I believe. And like the fact that this is something really cool that she mentioned in the interview that, you know, when she was watching the Phantom Menace and at the time it got so much backlash and whatnot, she started questioning things prior to that. You know what I mean? And like her favorite thing about Star Wars is RPGs, she was saying. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, that's because of the imagination thing, right? She was able to take the story where she wanted to go. So like, she's been thinking about this since, you know, 1999. And that's pretty amazing, man. It is. Yeah. And you know, speaking of the prequels, like she had, I think a very similar reaction. Like she's around our age. And she had a very similar reaction to the prequels that, you know, cool, but the execution's really weird, George. Like, but, the, but you see like the meat on the bone of the story and, and, you know, that part was, that keeps you coming back. There's, you know, there's lots going on in, in the story and between the lines and, and in the, the, the history of what's not said in the, in the prequels. And she's kind of reverse engineering this stuff. Like, you know, why are the Jedi like this in, in the prequels? And 
what happened before this era. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> I can't wait, and that's that's going to get put down for us. And and again, like to see how that will connect uh, to the High Republic, which is unfolding now. Beautiful, beautiful. And I, I think I think Star Wars is in at least this show is in really good hands. And all all I need now is is a release date. Yeah, exactly. This this, I, this is the one I've. I, it was always my dark horse. Like, no pun intended. There, like, uh, it's it's always the one that that intrigued me the most. And then I'm a little bit more intrigued. I, pro- I, I mean, the, I don't think the needle moved for me as much as it did for you, Kyle. But um, because I was already quite quite high on it. But uh, yeah, I'm happy to hear that uh, that you're a little bit more excited about this. Yeah, I, I, am I, too wanted, I wanted to find. I wanted some time to go back and listen to that podcast that we recorded. You know, uh, post that December and anna- December announcement when they said what was coming, and we sort of gave our our list. Uh, you know, most excited. I don't remember where I put this on the list. It wasn't in your top five. It probably wasn't. But and I don't know that it's, if it is now because there's so much cool stuff coming. Yeah. But like this is sort of like the rising tide kind of thing. Like just- yeah, this is this is gonna play into a lot of things. Like the more and more they talk about it, like I really do think it's gonna play into these stories that you're reading or everybody's reading right now. You know what I mean? I, I don't think so. I think it's it's gonna be. I think well, it's, it, re- it's definitely. It, 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 it's it's definitely it's gonna it's gonna lead to the Phantom Menace. Yeah, and uh, and uh, what's his name? Palpatine. Uh, uh, but well, the, Plagueis. his, his Plagueis, Plagueis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's gonna it's gonna lead all roads lead to Plagueis, I think here, which I'm good with. I mean, we've been dying for this for years. Oh yeah, dude, I wanted I wanted that Palpatine prequel. Like, I want to see him at the beginning and what what made and him. The way, the way it's staged, this is you know, sad, like sadly, I think it's gonna be very intriguing. Like, first of all, there's gonna be the way the series ends. She already kind of said that it's gonna be like up to the viewer to decide, kind of, in a way. Like how like it's gonna be ambiguous, most likely how it ends, so you can kind of interpret it on your own. Yeah, but like and, and, be- until Lucasfilm spells it out for you in some other story. Well, that's it. <laughs> Anyhow, like it, just that, it, that, it's, that it's a mystery too. I think that in the in the end, the, like Carlos has always kind of said this. We've all kind of speculated toward that. Okay, the whole Plagueis Palpatine thing. So when you think mystery thriller and ambiguous endings, I think it would kind of more or less mean, you know, maybe the the case is closed, but it's going to end on one of those notes where, no, they've planted the seed where that connection is there. Like, we're going to see that right at the end, that, oh, that aha moment, you know? I have no idea, and I love not having any idea. It's going to be, I think this show is going to be really special. Cool. All right. Uh, so you know, we 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 anxiously await you know further news, some some casting news, maybe. I don't know. So give us something. I guess we're gonna have to wait what till next May for celebration. Now, that's probably when we'll start getting anything on this, because like, I don't. This show feels like it's still two three years off. It's in May celebration. I think so. Yeah, backed up from August or moved up from August until May. Mm. Oh well. All right. Um, all right. So next up, a project that's sort of been simmering in the background, but now it's just a couple months away. And this past weekend, 
Star Wars Visions was shown off at Anime Expo, and we have a trailer, sizzle reel, whatever they want to call it, to check out. And I know, you know, for the three of us, I'm pretty sure that this was sort of at the lower end of our anticipation scale when it first was announced. Um, did this change anything for you, Carlos? Nope. <laughs> um, Still not. It's just. It's. It's not for me. It's okay though. It's like. It's okay. Yeah. It's just. It's not for me. I. I was uh, at one point this weekend. I was sitting with the kids and I'm like, "Hey, you guys want to watch the Tartakovsky like Volume One, Volume Two? And they're like, "What is that?" I'm like, "It's. It's the Clone Wars, but it's like you know, anime style Japanese." And oh yeah, that's cool. I like anime. And then in my head, I'm like, "I don't. I. I, I don't." <laughs> So we didn't end up watching it, but like I'm, I'm gonna go back. I, I will go back, obviously, to to watch it again. But yeah, this is definitely not uh, a day one avoid spoilers uh, type of show for me. It's really, really not. It's not geared towards me, and that's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm one. No, I, I'm a notch higher on the scale than you. Like anime, manga, it's never really been my thing. I, I don't dislike it. I have nothing at all against it. It's just. It's never been something I've made a ton of time for. And, and, you know, I never felt like it was going to be something I enjoyed. So I just never really dove into it. Maybe that's... It's like a, it's a series of shorts, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's an anthology series of, I think, nine nine animated shorts. And I, I think the only one that, like, I, I'm kind of interested in is The Ninth Jedi. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see from there. I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll gauge... The hype. I mean, if we're going to talk about it on the show, I'll end up watching it for sure. But I mean, it's just like, you know, uh, th- that last one is like, okay, that, that kind of piqued my interest. And I, I guess I could see beyond the animation and, and try to focus on the story. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, it's it's kind of, it's definitely back burner for me. Yeah, like I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm always looking forward to new Star Wars, but like I, I'm not going to set any expectations. You know, ready to be wowed, ready to fall in love with certain stories or characters or whatever. But if it doesn't work for me, I'm not going to get on this microphone and rant about how Star Wars wasted my time. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to say I watched it. It wasn't for me. I'm probably never going to watch it again. That's it. And that's that's where that's where it will end. Corey, where, where is it at for you? I feel like you're pretty stoked. I am, to be honest. Like, I'm going to raise it up a level here. Like, uh, I know originally when we spoke about it, it was probably on the lower echelon, but at the same time, maybe mid-range. I'm a huge advocate of all genres of animation. Like, I think animation is really something that's overlooked by the general population. It's something in my life that I've tried to introduce to people that I love and like. And it's it's kind of worked. Like, my, my wife, you know, we've watched some animated stuff that, you know, or my girlfriend, anyhow, like that, that sometimes with other people, I wouldn't be able to, you know, I wouldn't yeah, be able to share that you, with you them. Do, you really do confuse people, I think, because you interchange with wife and girlfriend all the time. That's hard. And I, I love her. I, I feel like people are like, what's he got going on over there? <laughs> yeah, it's, I got a harem. <laughs> well, I, people are like, oh, Jesus. what's his secret? How does he do it? <laughs> Either way. The secret about the harem is you don't speak about the harem. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just stoked for for something like this to have a chance to reach a greater audience in a way and maybe open their eyes a bit. Like animation is such eye candy, and the way that these people were talking about writing those stories and again how Star Wars ref- is so 
reflective of like Japanese culture already. Um, I'm just stoked to see like, like I love anthologies, right? Like the matrix did the, uh, uh, what was it? The animatrix. The animatrix. That was amazing. And then, uh, Batman did Gotham Knight or Gotham Knights, whatever. That was amazing. Like each one is told by a different animator and a different style by different writers, all taking, having their own little spin and take on something. And I think this is super unique and super unique chance to tell stories, man. Like these, sure. these people are, I, I feel like they're really going to knock it out of the park. They have a big passion for star Wars and like, you know what I mean? Like each story is going to have such a, uh, its own essence and it's going to be, each one's going to be so different and something to appreciate. And again, I, I love stuff like that, like heavy metal. And they had one on Netflix. that was, was like robots, love and sex or something like that. You know, it was really cool, man. Like stuff like that. Like just let the artists and the creators like go a bit wild, man. Well, that's, that's what like, they I'm did. I'm not looking for like, I, I'm not looking for this big, epic story you know what i mean i'm looking for this short poignant uh like you know what i mean a short yeah, pink, sure. poignant short but i, think, I, I, I love think short stories will be epic at least they've been promised to be pretty epic and we'll, you know we'll see if that ends up being true it looks it but yeah like, like from I, the animation that we saw it looked really cool man like to me that this project is house money like it's not canon like you said Corey. like they're, they're the they're outside of the continuity so they want you know they did that on purpose to let these creators go nuts all of your stories are independent from one another they're independent from from canon go nuts tell a star wars story that you want to tell and that's cool man that is absolutely cool and you know seeing you know knowing that you know lucas took so much from japanese cinema and now having these these anime creators putting their own spin to star Wars. Like it, it, it almost feels like, like a bit of like a full circle thing. So I, you know, from that respect, I am a little bit excited to see what, what we get. And like, like Carlos said, like the, the, the synopsis for ni- the ninth Jedi sounds amazing. Like I, I'm actually stoked to see that, you know, I, I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know how long any of these will be, but uh, the, the other, one of the other ones that grabbed my attention was, um, uh, was it the one about the little droid, the droid that dreams about becoming a Jedi? Like I find that really interesting. Like because you know that that's you know, the idea that droids can have dreams in the first place, like that's you know that's a classic sort of sci-fi trope that inspired Blade Runner. So to see to you know to have have it go down the Star Wars path, with and a, and a droid that wants to connect with something that you need to be alive to connect with, like it just sounds like an interesting thing. So I, you know, I'm looking forward to that story, but um, you know, in the end, like I, I imagine, I'm going to love a couple of these. I'm going to not love a couple of them, and I'll be fine with the rest. And that's you know, that's kind of how I'm going into this project. You know, eyes open, just and just you know, I, you know, you know what I do hope. I hope they're dumped onto Disney Plus at once. Like if you know, if these are like five to 12 minutes or whatever just put them all on this on the on the streaming service at once like let us that would be beneficial man i feel like the the majority of people who aren't again necessarily interested in anime might just say kind of like brush it to the side you know yeah don't don't drop these once once a week 
just put them out there as a set, you know, nine stories, you know, that's going to pass in what, an hour, just over an hour. Let it go, man. Just, just drop them. <laughs> give us, give us an hour or two to watch these and that's it. Don't, don't try string us along with, you know, four to eight minutes a week. I, I, anyway, uh, Carlos, I think the creativity behind these projects are really going to surprise you, man. Uh, no, I'm, I I don't doubt that. It's just for me, it's the visual does not speak to me at all. There, yeah, there's going to be certain well, the thing, styles man, that be, won't I work th- for you. Like the, like the big eyes kind of look is, is it's the, the look is just for, not for everybody. Like some people just go, the, no, I'm not I, well, I'm thing, not enjoying this. I, I'm to assume that there's going to be nine different styles of anime. Which is pretty incredible. Like I don't know anything about anime, really. I know a bit about it, not, but really not a lot. So I'll, I'll see a style of it and go, "Oh, this is so cool." What else looks like this? Or I'll see other things and go, "I hate this style." Like I, and that's going to be a, a you know a stumbling block to enjoying the story because I'm just my, I'm going to feel like I'm watching something that I just don't like. But we'll see when it happens. Again, it's house money. Nothing is lost with this project. Nothing. So either you find something to love or you don't. Other, either way, nothing has changed canonically, if that's your thing. But yeah, that comes out uh, in a couple months from now. So we'll see when, they, when they, exactly that drops. And I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to talk about it here. So the thing, about, the thing about it not being canon also doesn't put any stakes in it for me. Yeah, that's uh, well. That's a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. So, so if that's that's the thing that's like okay. Well, whatever. I guess it's not that important. So yeah, I, mean, not, I don't. I, it's not aiming to be important. I don't think. Again, in this, I think it's just a way of telling stories, man. That are going to be so cool, man. No, that I mean, that's it's fair. It's you know there is merit to just taking in a story unto itself. Like we all love that Joker isn't part of the DC cinematic universe that turned out pretty well, but you know, if you're not excited about something to begin with, to have it, you know, uh, canonically mean nothing is not really, for, you know, it's, it's not always incentive to get people into it. Then again, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe for yeah. some people it is. It's just, all right, here's eight minutes of, of a story that, I can, if I don't like it, it just goes into the recycle bin of my brain. Yeah. I mean, anyways, we'll see. It's uh, from now to then. We're, we'll probably get more news about other shows between now and then. And then, like, the, the interest is going to get peaked, and we'll get maybe a little leak about what, uh, uh, about, you know, more detail about what the show is. And then at that point, maybe I might jump uh, a little bit. On that and, bandwagon. You know, who knows? Like, if one or two of these things really hit, like, if there's a couple of them that people love the story, they love the way it looks, maybe they go back to that studio and say, hey, how would you like to actually do a Star Wars movie, a Star Wars animated series? And it will be canon. Who knows? You know, you put together an anthology series with nine different studios, it almost feels like it could be an audition of sorts. Without having, without saying it. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's put a pin in that for now, and we will now jump over to the Bad Batch. We have a couple episodes to catch up on. Uh, 
we're, I assume we're all caught up. We've we've <laughs> we've seen the episodes nine and ten. Oh yeah. All right. I so, didn't think we. I didn't know we were going to talk about nine, so I didn't really take notes on it or anything. But uh, oh, definitely plenty you. to talk about there. No need for notes. No, no. I mean, it was. It was yeah, I, I, it was a cool episode. Bounty lost. That was on uh, the abandoned Kaminoan outpost planet. What Barovio? I think it was called. Pretty sure that was called. Anyway, um, what's going on there, man? Like the the Kaminoans are a shady bunch of folk. That, yeah, that feel, feels like a sort of off the books kind of uh, cloning Snokes and whatnot. <laughs> cloning something. Well, it was. It, it looked like they were just like these giant Kaminoans, didn't it? In yeah, those big green tubes. Yeah, it lo- that's what it looked like. The the, the eyes were more. Kaminoan than Snoke. But uh, I actually pointed it out to my kids and I'm like, what does that remind you of? And they were like, huh? What? And I'm like, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker, yeah. Yeah, right in those, uh, those, the the vats, the Snoke vats. (laughs) Well, yeah. And you Uh, know what? You got to think that, you know, in some way that these are related to that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they're cloners. Yeah, they're, they're they are cloners. Like there's, they're, that's their number one uh, identity. So, you know, and then seeing the vats of Snoke's is like, okay, so they're clones also. It's like, yeah, I mean, it all it all they're tying it all together in a way that's not it wasn't clumsy at all because it makes sense. They're cloners. Yeah, you know? and, and you know, Palpatine was using them to for his own ends. So uh, absolutely, if he's playing seeds for the things that pay off in Rise of Skywalker, yeah, you know, it makes sense. I mean, they're certainly designed. I mean, it's not a mistake that they're like these very murky, dark green tubes of, with with something indistinguishable in them. Yeah, just like we see in in Rise of Skywalker. Like they're designed to make us at least have this conversation. But but can can I can I just say this right off the bat, like right away, like no holding back here. Uh, there were uh, two clones, uh, unaltered. Uh, first, codename Alpha, mm-hmm. Boba Fett, and the second, codename Omega. So Omega needs to get a name. Yeah, she needs. I think she has a name, no? Well, what is it, Omega? She calls herself yeah. Omega. So then, what? Why is Boba Boba Fett Boba and not Alpha? Well, I think because, he was because, Jang, Jango. because Jango named him, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I still, I, I still kind of feel that that's not really her name. Like she's gonna end up having her name changed, but that's not. That's neither here nor there. So for for me, it's it's the question of Alpha and Omega. What's in the middle? What's in between? Is it all the is it all the clones? I guess. Yeah. It sure feels that way. That's it. Like she's the end, man. Like Alpha beginning, Omega end. You know, like see, see the, the the when they say that the clones, like their 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 sample is being degraded, uh, degraded, right? The 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 the, 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 the genetic sample, yeah. The original sample, the genetic material to make the clones is degrading. Um, kind of reminds me of like the difference between replication and duplication of CDs. Yeah. Or that. Yeah. When you take, you know, when you put an original down on a photocopier, you take a copy, 
you know, when you do the copy of a copy of a copy, eventually what you're getting is garbage. Yeah, exactly. Whereas when you're, when you're duplicating, uh, it's, you're actually just, you're constantly making masters. Yeah. And, and, and I, I was curious as like, these guys have made a million clones and they just figured that out. Like they didn't realize that was going to happen. Well, that's a little bit of Star Wars convenience. We need, to, yeah. we need it to be this way, so this is the way Because it is. before we even see those bug eyes, like, Dex is like, them cloners. Like, they're already known as cloners. Before yeah. we even get the clones for the army. Damn yeah, good ones, too. Only select few, like, Obi-Wan was like, huh? Cloners? Yeah. And damn good ones, too. He e- even except, says it. Except they forgot that really important thing you just mentioned. <laughs> Especially if you're making a million... Like, you might want to know that and have that front and center as you know when as you're executing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I found that I found that a little a little iffy, um, but uh, they're they want to you know use Omega as the new host, I guess. Yeah. So I, I, it's pretty obvious, right? Like they 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 want sort of that pure sample back. They can't find they can't find. It's pretty clear that you know uh, I think Tech says that. Uh, Boba Fett disappeared at the beginning of the war, so all that's left is Omega. Yeah. So obviously they, want, I think it's clear that they need her to clone her and make more clones. But what do they want to do with those clones? That that's unanswered. And is it you know make their own army to oppose the Empire or sell that army to whoever wants to you know get in the Empire's face? I don't know. I don't know what they what the plan is. Because they don't have ten years to to you know to to accelerate a clone army again. Or maybe exactly. they think, maybe they think they do, but they really don't. Like they're they're it feels very much like uh, the Kaminoans are are on borrowed time. Yeah. But you know, one of the other things that didn't sit well with me in that episode is uh, you know Lamassu, the Prime Minister. He doesn't trust uh, Nalase. To you know, to go, you know, when when uh, Bane is coming in with Omega, and she's uh, says like, I'll go get her and I'll make the payment, and he's like, Nah, 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 your your feelings towards Omega compromise you, and he sends uh, Tonwi instead. But then he trusts Nalasay, like to take Omega out back behind the shed and kill her. Like that's the task he assigns her. Take her, take her genetic material, then kill her. Yet he won't trust her to go pick her up. Like that makes right. no sense at all. Like you can't pick her up, but I want you to kill her. Like it's not—it's not a loyalty test. And it's also stupid because you just finished saying that you ran out of genetic sample. Why would you kill the last sample you have to make the clones and have the same thing happen a few years down the road? <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, you'd, you'd want to keep her around, right? Put her you'd want to keep her around, just like what's his name? Uh, what's that guy's name from um, from Light of the Jedi? Uh, the bad guy, uh, Marcion Rowe. Marcion Rowe and that old lady that he keeps on on the ship, like he keeps her around, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Marie? the psychic Mar- there, um, Mary, M A R I, Mary. So yeah, Mari, Ma- Mari uh, Santeca. That's right. And he, he just keeps her around because she's a little bit of a 
she's like a witch or a seeress or something like that, right? Yeah, she can. Well, it seems like she accesses the force to find these little secret hyperspace. The lanes. Yeah, like the the secret hyperspace lanes, like the yeah. ones you're not supposed to travel down. Exactly, exactly. So he so he keeps her around. Like, it, why would they want to eliminate the the, the the last? It's your meal ticket. It's your exactly. It makes no sense. I don't like. I don't know. I just find it dumb. Like it's. It's like they're going. They're threading this in and out thing. Like they're really smart. They're dumb. They're smart. They're dumb. Uh, you know. <laughs> like. I, I, it's okay. I guess. I mean, we don't see them beyond this era, so maybe they get wiped out because they're dumb. Well, but like, like this this Camino subplot is so interesting. But then you get some stuff that sort of doesn't fit. Yeah, like it's it's there's some I don't want to call it bad writing, but it feels like some ill-conceived stuff, and it's like it's just, it doesn't it, it doesn't check out logically. No, I guess not. No, logically. But the thing is, is that you know what I mean. Sometimes people do things that you can't account for. Like it's just like sometimes the best goalie in the world is gonna allow two crappers in a row, and you're gonna be out of the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh. Like it just it just happens. I did it. I'm sorry. I did it. But like, <laughs> I know it hurts. <clears throat> Regardless, um, you know, we can't expect them to con- And like when, when we, we, we trash people who don't like the fact that Luke Skywalker changed. Well, we kind of have to forgive the writers here for one of maybe letting this thing slide or congratulate them on making these characters flawed and not, you know, following a template. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe they're feeling pressure. Maybe, maybe the prime minister is like, like really feeling pressure from, from, from Tarkin and who knows what other forces and he's making bad moves. Like that, that could be it also. That that could be it. Yeah. That's a good point. So I don't know, but it was just it was just curious to me that they would they would call Boba Alpha, uh, considering her name is Omega and like what that entails. Well, what it entails is that Boba has a sister, a twin sister. Yeah. Yeah, like we're They're... guaranteed to see him in this series now. So much Boba Fett, though. Well, every, like everything's Boba Fett now. He's he's you know Book of Boba Fett's coming. Remember, remember a few years back the episode title "Back Off Boba." Yeah, so much Boba, and now we're getting ten times more. But at but least now, now it's okay interesting, it. right? Like now they've sort of shoehorned in some interesting stuff around Boba Fett. They've kind of they've kind of given him a little foundation of characterization before he was yep. just a empty shell. Yeah, before he was just a Wilhelm scream. Before he got swallowed by like a. Yeah, a sand vagina or whatever that thing is. <laughs> or even even when he was a a whiny kid on the Clone Wars going after Mace Windu, like there still yeah. wasn't much there except for a vengeful little boy. But now there's there's a little bit of something there for the character. Well, that's not necessarily true. Like toward the end of his career, like yes, he was still going after Mace and all that, but like he was heading a big crew, man, including Aura Singh. Like he was no longer the the lackey; he was running the show. But he was still at a young Mace Windu. age. That was still yeah. like his big thing. I must kill Mace Windu. It was kind of boring. It was just a revenge. But it took tale. him to the top, man. Guys, uh, to top. How, did, how did you feel about seeing Fennec Shen in this episode? Incredible. Honestly, like that was the big highlight of this episode. Like 
in all honesty, like Cad Bane was the top of the top, like the biggest cowboy out there, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like biggest bounty hunter and you know, no one really necessarily won this battle, but I'll tell you what, Fennec Chan definitely didn't lose. And in my opinion, she pretty much came out the upper hand big time. Like she held her own and then some going against him. Like insane. Usually Cad Bane has his way with Jedi and whatnot, you know, as every angle covered, uh, just the battle between the two was like, she just kept coming back and coming back and just pulling sick moves, man. Like chucking him over the building and stuff. Like that was so cool, man. But like he has Mando tech. Like he's with his little jets happening. And, uh, yeah, but he's also like, to me, he's like the Batman of like star Wars in a way. And he's 10 steps ahead of everyone. Like I've been watching clone wars with my son recently. Right. And like just escaping from both, uh, Anakin and Ahsoka at the same time, just you know, going straight up like, like into the heart of the Republic. Like this guy had always had a plan, and to see Fennec Shan kind of like take him down a peg, which is really what she did, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Anyone who was a big Cad Bane lover, well, pe- people kind of people sort of. Uh, hey, don't don't chirp Cad Bane. He's he's my guy too. I love Cad Bane. He's, he's dude. He's the best. But yeah, yeah, I was I was I was like hot and cold on him, like. Neither hot, I mean, neither hot or cold on him, and I kind of like the uh, Doc Holiday in space vibes, like yeah, that Val yeah, Kilmer to in yeah. Stone vibe. He's too cool, man. Yeah, there's just something. Even his voice is like it, it's badass. This growling, it's, gravelly thing. Yeah, I, but I like it. I, I like it. I, that's something that's like uh, I can I can get behind. So he's a cool character I, for sure. I got the um, the I got it all in. DVD, right? The box set. And like, I've been, I watched all the commentary back in the day. And originally, when they were talking about creating this character, like, Filoni was like really pumping this. Like, we need this guy to be like the cowboy. Like, we need to really drive this point home. And they wanted him to be a smoker, kind of, you know, they wanted him to like smoke or something. And then, like, we can't, we can't. It's a kid's show. And that's why they, they settled on the toothpick. They needed that extra element of cool, you know, he's oozing machismo <laughs> oh razor ramones in the house yeah yeah hey yo <laughs> hey chico hey, yo. <laughs> scott hall oh he's, yeah. he's alive he's still alive right yeah yeah he got back in shape after uh... yeah it was Di- uh, diamond dallas that got him back in shape that's correct yeah he did that with someone else too man oh, oh jake he, the snake. He, yeah he reformed yeah. jake the snake he's, he's done a lot for and there's a lot someone of else wrestlers. too there was another guy too himself <sighs> <laughs> yeah no he's he's helped uh, a lot of the old broken down wrestlers get get you know get off their addictions get back in shape walk imagine what just walking scott hall needed a needed a walker man yeah and and ddp brought him back to a point where he was able to get back in the ring yeah at least briefly but still anyway that's uh again not, neither here nor there yeah <laughs> um yeah no to go back to fennec shand like people complaining about it that oh Cat Bane went toe-to-toe against Kenobi and Skywalker and uh, blah, blah, blah. why is Fennec Shan taking him down like, she's the new kid in town you know you underestimate somebody you might get punched in the mouth Buster Douglas you know yeah that's right that's right that's right so yeah, yeah that, that she, was a bit she, unexpected she had, the, she had the jump on him she's just as sharp a shot as he is She's probably tougher than he he is. 
Plus, she's got intel. Well, and her job. I mean, you, you, you uh, say, uh, yeah. Who who Let's won? Talk about this. Nobody like fine. The 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 hand to hand stuff was a draw, whatever. But the goal was to keep Omega away from Lamasu. So in that, that's a decisive victory for Fennec Shand because the Bad yeah, Batch yeah. Got, her, got her back. So Cad Bane failed. And he lost his credits. And he lost He's his like, credits. My credits. <laughs> Croaking like a toad. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Lamasu hired Cad Bane, correct? And Nalase went behind his back and hired Fennec Shand. So, but did she did she hire Fennec Shand the first time around as well? Like, what was the point? Most likely, yeah. Like, I don't know what the point is. There is it was it to get she her wants back to, to save her. She's obviously too like the 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 prime minister kind of spelled it out. You're too close to it, which seems to be the case. Like, she knows what's going to happen to Omega if Mega comes back. Like, they're going to want to dispose of her. Okay, so then, but so then, why was Fennec Shand? Hire to get her and bring her back to Camino. So she probably get her to like she. To me, it's clear. Or that am I? Or am I assuming that she was going to bring her back to Camino and, yeah, and I not put her and hide her? Like put her in her, hiding or something. I have her. Let's uh, activate plan. Uh, well, I can't remember who was talking right in those early episodes to you know to activate the bounty hunters to go get Omega. I can't. I don't know whose directive that was. If it was Nalase, then. You know, it's it's perhaps her agenda, or or maybe she's just been running this little coup the whole time, or not coup, but uh, you know, uh, back dealer, uh, back dealing, or whatever. I have a feeling it's more that she. I have a feeling it's more that she cares about him again, doesn't want anything bad to happen to her. Like I don't think she's trying to play three sides. I think so. so What they're doing is they're setting up Fennec Shan to be. She's a mercenary, but she's she has like she's a good she's a good guy almost. Another yeah, anti-hero. like the way she was speaking to her, like she was telling Omega the truth. Basically. And again, I think it's inevitable at this point that we see Boba Fett in the series, which again will make a lot of sense for us to see it and new new fans of Star Wars to see that connection between Fennec Shan and Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Why does he find her just lying there in the desert? Does you, was it because he was wanted his armor back, and that's just part of his quest along the way? And just so happened to bump into this fellow bounty hunter, like he definitely knows her. Like if she's no, going he, he, yeah. with, if she's going toe to toe with Cad Bane, Boba Fett's the top dog of the galaxy. By the time we meet him, the first time, so like Fennec Chan and him probably have a long history, and I hope it begins here. Yeah, he knows exactly who she is now. I'm convinced now, obviously. Uh, I, I thought he might have just stumbled upon her and it was like free. No, but he knows exactly who she is for sure. For well, sure, for when, sure. When, I first, when I first saw the episode, I was thinking that he'd almost maybe... That we we're going to see Boba Fett or hear from him. Not we didn't Because we didn't necessarily know who had hired Fennec Shand at first, right? Yeah. So it could have been Boba Fett in league with her, but turns out that wasn't the case. But again... All signs point is that we're going to see that. Yeah, it's yeah. Flip your egg timer. Is, is it you know? It's just a question of does he show up sort of you know in the finale to make a big entrance kind of thing, or is 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 he going to show up earlier than that? And he's a he's a bigger part of the show. And is he going to is the slave one going to have a different paint job? Is it going to be the Django blue, or is it going to be the rusted out? I guess it should be in some sort of transition. 
Yeah, maybe it's Taffy. Maybe it's Havzies. And, and, and you know, will he have Bosk and Aura Singh in tow? Yeah, All good questions. Things get pretty wild. And then, and then it begs the question of, you know, is it inevitable now that Omega is going to somehow show up in Book of Boba Fett? You know, is that an eventuality? And in the comics, like it seems more than a coincidence that there's a war of bounty hunters happening in the comics right now where we have a, a separate war of bounty hunters happening in the animated show. That can't be coincidence. And there's almost one, you know, there's, there's a, a brother and sister duo now at the core of that. Funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, and, and, you know, the first issue of, of War of the Bounty Hunters was War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I thought, oh boy, there's going to be, they're going to cap it off with uh, an unannounced special called War of the Bounty Hunters Omega. Ooh. Which I think is not going to happen because I look, you know, I, looking a little deeper, Marvel does that a lot outside of Star Wars too. So yeah, that, that's, you know, there's nothing happening there. But Omega could show up in a comic. There's absolutely nothing to prevent that from happening. Because I, I don't, I don't feel like wherever this show goes, I don't, I don't think they're gonna kill off Omega. Maybe they will. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it happening in the show. Like that would be dire. Like. Yeah. But the way that th her importance is being dialed up here, like it's gonna be strange. Like when we when we have to then explain what where is she during the OT. Like there's a lot of that. What happened to this person? Where are the bad batch during the OT? Where are these people? Like, yeah, it's a lot of you know bending over backwards to uh, explain where some of these people go when when the galaxy's at war. Grogu, uh -uh. he just left. <laughs> I'm talking about when it comes to Rise of Skywalker time. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, jump ahead to the latest episode, episode ten, Common Ground. Uh, I felt this one was a, was a little bit of a step back, but yeah, it still offered up some cool stuff. I think you know, have the, the Bad Batch having to sort of adapt their like almost like belief system or their allegiances and, and agree to help out former separatists. I thought that was a, a very star Wars thing. Yeah. Big time. I thought that was a really interesting aspect the dichotomy of that. Like them being like, no, we can't help them. But then at the same time, when you see the people of the planet, it's such a diverse culture and they look just as cool and just as nice as any other Republic planet. So there was that. Raxus. <laughs> But yeah. also on top of that, this episode to me, I don't want to say fluff filler, whatever it is, but it was a fun, great action episode. But it's exactly the episode that we had predicted that the series would be from when we heard about it, that it was actually coming. This was our A-team episode. You know what I mean? They get the call. They're dispatched. Yeah. It's like, da -da -da -da, like the whole, the works. This was the A-team yeah, yeah. Take a job and go rescue somebody. Don't get caught doing it. <laughs> but you know what? Again, though, like 
do these guardian dad big brother types ever learn? Like, don't let your little protege, your little ward, your target, don't let them out of your sight. Don't leave them behind. Don't Mando, don't leave Grogu behind anymore. Yeah. Stop doing yeah, it. Yeah, don't don't leave them locked in your closet. <laughs> or your am your armory. Yeah, or the crapper. <laughs> the back tube. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to leaving Omega with Sid? Really? I don't know. I, I I had trouble with that. Like they had just gotten to this point. It feels like when I say this episode was a step back, I mean it in that like they'd already worked through this where leave, they decide, okay, you're a part of our team now. They made her a part of the team. She's got the communicator. She's got the weapon. They've, they've seen her worth and okay, nah, you're staying behind again. Like it feels like a, it felt like a, I don't know, going backwards in the narrative. And maybe it's, maybe it's because Hunter now doesn't trust himself. Yeah. I think he, he's not treating her as a member of the team. He's treating her as a dad. Like, and you know, I, I think that's the issue there. Yeah, like, yeah, but yes, he is. He he cares about this little kid in a way that yeah, a dad would care about his kid and want not want to put him or her in harm's way. But he, you know, he's walking back the promise he made. Yeah, and then they have, but we do that as parents. Like sometimes you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Make mistakes all the time with the kids, yeah. all yeah. the time, and. You know, at the end of the episode, they have this, you know, play some hollow chess and winner. If if Omega wins and she's going to win, you know, sh- no more leaving you behind. It's like, okay, yeah. Are, are you sure but, this but time? You, 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 that was the biggest takeaway for me in the episode, pretty much. Yeah, but you know that he's going to throw the game, right? Like, Oh, hell no. I, I really, truly think that she beats him because she's that good and that this is something that we're going to see again in the future. You know what I mean? Like her strategist, like it's basically I think, he, I think st- he's testing her to see how good she really is. He's never, he's not going to try to beat her. He just wants to see how, how good of a strategist she is. And well, I, like, the way that she was playing, I think she probably beat him, man. That's the way I, I take that. I, I, I would, I would make a, I think there's a good bet that they will slip a line in the future episode where, uh, you know, Something about the game, and, and like, Hunter's I beat gonna, you, fan square. And yeah, Hunter's gonna say, "Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. I let you win, kid." And she's, and it, no, it's gonna be clear that she whooped him. I'm not saying that Hunter could beat her. No, I'm saying he he's not playing her to beat her. I don't think he could beat her. No, no, I don't. I, I'm not saying that he can. I, all I'm saying is that I don't think his intention is to beat her. I think he wants to see I, what she's to made gauge, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But I, I think this is something that we're again we're gonna see in a future episode where it's gonna be like basically not only has she bailed him out so many times countlessly already, but it's really gonna be the thing at the end of this season, hopefully, not series, but season, that you know, it's gonna be like, Oh, like what do we do? And Omega's gonna be like, This is what we need to do, and they'll be like, Seriously, Omega, like you're just kidding. And she'd be like, No, this is the plan. This is what needs to happen, and I'm orchestrating it, and like she's gonna like pull all the strings you know what i mean it's like this is the plan like i'm the strategist i'm 
I know what's going on. This is what we need to do to survive. And Shut up, get- goggles. Here's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, so she's going to get her ADD under control. What is her skill set now? So we, we know that she's like, uh, she, she has like these great skills of sort of, uh, strategist strategy. Well, well strategy is the, the latest added to her sort of list of, of hyper skills, but she's got like this skill of intuition. I think when, you know, when she, when she was able to look at, uh, she was tracking, you mean? Well, the tracking is another one, but like when she, when she could look at, cross uh yeah crosshair in the first episode and she could mm. just tell that he was conflicted like there's something wrong like there was there, she's had she's got like three skills now that are like you know like the way she was able to see relate to the animal no just the, the way the she hunting. can kind of see through people like wait, remember uh-huh. she looked at uh who was that hmm. i know what you're saying she was like that's a bad person or whatever yeah she's just got like a, a a gut an intuition, feel. an intuition, which you know that cuts very close to force kind of territory. Yeah. But who who did she look at? Oh, Rex, when she was she just looked straight into his eye and goes, "Oh, you're a first generation." Yeah, I'm sure that's more of a of a clinical sort of evaluation rather than a gut call. But, yeah, there's also the hunter gather or uh, hunter tracker thing there as well. Mm-hmm. An earlier episode yeah, we mentioned that she's working on her bow skills yeah she had that, Dude, crack you see that thing in the first episode when she got when she got the rifle she's learned how to figure out her bow and arrow so did I, you see that episode with the i think it was the, the one with trace and rafa i don't know she pegs one of those guys off and it was seriously the same thing that happened with when han borrows chewie's bow caster i like oh this yeah thing. Like it, the the guy literally just goes flying and flipping at the same time. Like she nailed the guy, and that's what happened. I don't know if you guys caught that. I don't remember. It was so cool. She like nailed him. He was like he went flying. Yeah. Anyway, I think this episode one of the it's one of the stronger examples we've seen yet of of you know just how the empire is just like dropping the hammer across the galaxy. You know, uh, is it Captain Bragg? Yeah, she she announces, you know, uh, we're putting a curfew in place for your safety, and like it's just like there's troops everywhere, like the empire is just locking it down. And and you know, uh, Senator Senator Singh, he's up there on on that platform, and he's he's a, he they want him to just sort of toe the line for the empire, and then he just he speaks from his heart and just you know uh, speaks out against the empire, and they drag him off and throw him in jail. You know, I I think they did some good work there in you know showing us that you know, the the side that we were supposed to be rooting for in the prequels were the bad guys all along which which we knew yet you know you root for the republic anyway and then you know i i i think that whole aspect of star wars is is so good and this series yeah, it's is, true. is like, just strengthening that again that that's what I, that's what i was saying earlier in the sense that when we see him speaking to the people like everyone in the and the crowd looks so cool and they're so diverse and everyone's like, yeah, like it's something, you know, it doesn't look like any other planet that we, like that you sympathize with or empathize with. Yeah. Or it looks like every other planet that you. Yeah. Just, I mean, it just looks like 
you know, I, you know, I think they keep assembling people in these squares as as the empire sort of marshals its troops, and you just see like this big show of force. And it's 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 like this visual display of of the empire sort of almost inst- instituting a martial law. And the whole live to fight another day theme as well, you know, and I really truly thought that like that that would be a Clone Wars thing where like, no, I have to go back and fight with my people. Well, it was a very Clone Wars thing in the way that they convinced him to live to fight another day. I think there's a chance that we'll see this planet praxis or whatever play out like a further. It's funny. I think we've seen the live to fight another day trope play out in Star Wars before, but I don't remember it having... A good reception. Hmm. <laughs> you guys remember that that instance in Star Wars? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, the spray kicked in two minutes ago. I oh, just gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. Um, anything else? Are we done? Did we just go through this whole thing? I think we're done like dinner. But I reserve the right to come back to these these episodes if if the information is relevant. Of course. Yeah, I did like seeing that that like, the, the slow speed. Actually, you know what? This this episode had a couple of things from Last Jedi in it that <laughs> that kind of got right by this time. The 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 slow chase through the streets. <laughs> it's like watching two turtles chase each other. But I did enjoy it. I did watch, enjoy watching these. What is ATTEs? Is that, is that what those are? Yeah, the uh, the slow walkers. ATTEs. Yeah. Chasing each other at, at like one mile an hour through the street. Rex has one of those. <laughs> yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. I I, I did enjoy that. It was, I you know, I, I thought it was a step back, but there was, again there was some some cool stuff to think about coming out of the episode and. Uh, what there's six episodes left, so it's gonna get start to get real hot soon. We have the debts paid. The the debts paid, and even I'm not even sure we'll see Fennec Shand again because like she's been sort of released of her duty. No, she hasn't. Yes, she That's was. That's why yeah. she basically said like, they're, "I'm paying you," but no, she said you know, I'm, she, she was. She's like when when the Bad Batch took off with Omega. Fennec said, like, I-, I can go after her if you want. I can track them. And she said, nope, you don't have to do that. We're going to pay you for what you did. And exactly. As, as long as she's, she's safe. As, as long as he's, she's out of Lamassu's hands, we're good here. And that's it. So she's, Fennec Chan is paid. She's not actively engaged by Nala Se. So I don't know. We may have seen the last of her. Or not. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know, and uh, like the fact that Cad Bane's still alive, he's gonna have such a beef with her now. Oh, for sure. And again, with Bo- Book of Boba Fett coming, I think you're right. Like they they will want to sort of put Boba Fett and Fennec Shand in the same place at the same time, and this show might be the spot for it. So maybe she's not gone, but she's certainly that episode sort of wrapped up her her commitment to to Omega at this point. Alrighty, guys. I think we're done. Let's yes, sir. wrap it up and get out of here. That's, wait, that's it for this week, everybody. Um, if you want to catch up with us, 
you can find us in the Tumbling Saber Facebook group, which, of course, you are all invited to come join and hang out and, and be part of the Star Wars party, which is always going on behind the closed doors. It's a private group, so no one will know you're in there. You can just come and hang out with us and, and make fun of people in a very good-natured way. Yeah. <laughs> it is good-natured. Sure. Uh, if you want to email us and send us your questions or your would-you-rathers, uh, that can be done. Tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Send it, your, send, send it to that address, and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode of the pod. Uh, and until we get to that upcoming episode, guys, where can we find you on social media? Corey, where are you at? Me. You hit me at rules with a z on the twitter machine you know that yeah we know that <laughs> come on now i i thought you were i thought you were going to give your dms only this disclaimer uh, yeah sometimes the dms are nice i like the dms let's get personal you know okay half of twitter has no dms in their in their <laughs> bio but here's Corey saying get into my dms slide in <laughs> slide baby in slide in Hey, I like that. I like a nice, uh, you know. I set up the slip and slide. You know what's really funny? <laughs> oh god! Last week, as it was just pouring rain, and I'm thinking about Corey at the, at the campsite, and it's just pouring, and oh, what a what a bummer to have to camp in the rain. And I'm just giggling because I'm like, Corey will absolutely sit out in the rain. To have a campfire, like he will not. I did. I, of course, I you did, did, man. Never a question. I knew that there was no way you're going camping and not lighting a fire. It could, you could empty the ocean on your campsite's head, and you're still gonna sit there and try and spark a fire. Yeah, it's like that that pipeline burning in Mexico, man. It burned, <laughs> man. I was really oh. surprised. It burned. Like I got it going good when I had a chance when it was dry and at dinner time. And I just loaded it, man, and it went till about at least midnight. Yeah, I'm sure that your neighboring neighboring sites were very thrilled with that. Nah, they all tried. <laughs> they just weren't successful like me. But it's true, though, right? Like you would have sat there all night until you got a fire lit. No. <laughs> if it if it was too much and I couldn't get it lit, like I'd probably give up. But I would be disappointed, and then I'd probably be grumpy. Give up when the uh, you know the, the park rangers come by and they're like, "Hey, it's enough. Put out the fire and go to bed." That's when you give up. Otherwise, yeah, I'm sure you would have done it. Nah, <laughs> I, I was I, I was prepared. Like that night too. The night it rained, it was like it was only me, only me. I was just going out there like every couple of minutes, going to check around on the side, hang out. By the end of the night, I was completely soaked, man. Uh, I literally, when I went to bed, it was about midnight. The, on the, the second night on the Saturday and I just stood there on the stoop man and I was like really drenched and I literally sh- stripped down to like nothing it was great man just out there and living it up man that sounds just awful took it all off this sounds awful I it was so Horrible. funny too because my, my 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 sister-in-law was there as well and I left all my clothes out everything out in the front porch you know, so when they got up in the morning, like I was really, they, this, they did kind of mention This harem it. thing is getting weird now. Anyway, I just wanted to see if they'd actually noticed. They're like, and they did like in the morning, they're like, all your clothes are outside. I was like, yup. <laughs> they're like, did you get changed outside? I was like, yup. 
there's the picture, everybody. There it is. Ruined the podcast. Ruined your week. Corey's standing around awesome. naked by the by a campfire as the rain comes down. Oh, it's glorious. It's not. Rain. It's really not. Shh. I take responsibility. It's it's my fault. I mean, I shouldn't have brought it up. <clears throat> I love camping. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, where can we find you on social media? Y'all can find me at C Candido Music on Twitter and on Instagram at Carlos Candido uh, or Carlos Candido Music on Facebook, uh, CarlosCandido.com, and uh, check me out on uh, Patreon and look out for crowdfunding coming for my new album. If you want to buy a vinyl uh, and you know listen to it, if you have a record player or maybe just put it up on on the shelf as a as a decoration. Uh, you'll have that opportunity to get some T-shirts and and all kinds of other fun stuff uh, on a crowdfunding platform near you soon. Groovy. See what I did there? Uh, you can find me at Tumbling Saber mm. on uh, on Twitter <laughs> and of course, like I said, the Facebook group. Come check it out. Uh, and that's going to do it for this week, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, let us know what we think, and we'll try and do better next time. And until then, <laughs> take care, everybody. Be safe, and may the force be with you. <laughs> that always makes me laugh. We'll do better next time. Sitting here for hours, looking at that show. Pages getting wider like a mirror to myself. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see. Up to